Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, and welcome once again to History Leaves. I'm Tim. And today's topic is the torso murderess, Winnie Ruth Judd, who murdered two of her roommates back in 1931, and then she uh, chopped them all off and chopped them all up and put them in a uh, travel trunk. Uh, gave away the ending. Uh, well, it's it's not a mystery. Um, but anyway, What's welcome to History Dweebs. And as I'm being interrupted... I've read none of this stuff before, so... <laughs> Um, we'll get into that story. It's a fascinating story. But before we do, let me introduce my very rude colleagues, um, the very lovely, talented, uh, uh, incomparable Brandy. How are you today, Brandy? I'm good, Timmy. How are you? Fine. Did you have a good weekend? Uh, it was it was all right. I got a sick baby, so I got oh, to take care of him. Uh, Noah's sick? Noah is sick. He got it from dancing on the floor at Sam's Club. I saw that. You posted a, a, a video of Noah breakdancing. Yeah. And he's very talented. He should be on dancing. Oh, the boy with can the, bust a move. He can definitely. When the spirit definitely. moves you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm also joined by the very uh, talented, lovely, uh, distinguished, and a bit portly... Colonel Charles Beauregard, Hawk Waters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman and the most dangerous man in podcasting. How are you today, Colonel? Well, Jimmy, I was, Besides uh, fat, how are you? I'm not, yeah, I'm not really, not really happy about the portly thing. I, well, it's just descriptive. You know, I'm just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to paint a, a mental picture of for that, Jimmy. Well, yeah, I know it's a, you know, you have some gland issues. I got a glandular issue. Yeah. You know I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you also have a jelly donut issue there, Colonel, but you are putting on a little weight. Wow. It's the winter time, Timmy. Well, it's November. I mean, do we, we, do we are, have... We're, we're not hibernating. <laughs> well, the what the hell is February going to, to look like? procrastinate now. But now, I put on a couple pounds. I will... I will uh, now, to, for, the, for the welfare of the Colonel, uh, yeah. about two years ago... Uh, the colonel decided we're already going to put the cigarettes now. Okay, okay. And he's put on a couple pounds since, maybe I don't know, fifteen, twenty, thirty. Well, you, you put on about twenty 30. pounds since I. Uh, well, you say you put the cigarettes down, but you still smoke electronic cigarettes, Colonel. And you're like, 
you don't. Every time I look at you, you do, got we, that. do you want me to get into your peccadillos here, Timmy? Because we could <laughs> go on for a couple hours. Man, you know? don't say you'd quit smoking. You quit smoking regular cigarettes. He has and quit now you smoking. No, he, he's quit smoking. It's been a big deal, and I'm very proud of him for well, that. Well, I'm proud of him Thank too. You, but, let, but he's sucking on that metal that. thing. Well, all day long. that's a personal thing for him. You let him. It's better than other things. It's yeah. better than other things. I all right. Well, we're glad that you stopped smoking, Colonel. Even though you're now. Um, now I have weight issues, but but that's okay. I do not have weight issues. I can still wear the same clothes I wore before. They're just but a little. You? They're yeah. just a little snug on me. Yeah, I but went up a shoe size. You'd fit right in at Walmart when you go to Walmart. Wow, that's a. Timmy, you know what, mean. Timmy, I got a I got a shout out. I got to do real quick here. Okay. Um, and it's to uh, Janet. Okay. Janet. Okay. Janet L. Janet L. Just a lovely little lass from Ireland. What? Don't do that. Oh, that yeah. is the worst. <coughs> that's the worst Irish accent I've ever heard. Uh, you, and you know me, Ma was from Ireland, Timmy. I know. You She's know, dead. She, Your mother is dead. dead. God rest her soul. Uh, but Janet, uh, she, dead, she made some, a great suggestion for the show, and we're gonna we're gonna try to. Do that one. Yeah. Do you have any other shout-out? Thank you, Janet. We're oh, going to try. Yeah, it was a great suggestion. We're going to try to get it in. Yeah. Uh, it's a creepy story. I have no shout-outs over here. You have no shout-outs? Um, you gave me none. Ain't, uh, ain't nobody excited to hear yeah, from you. Yeah, they want to hear uh, from the colonel. And, of course, you know, we got Celine. Yeah. You know, we always give Celine. And Lady Beverly. Lady Beverly, I follow her on Facebook. She healed up real good. She out uh, what a beautiful family. The woman I'm got sure beautiful she family. All up in her business. Yeah. Um, no, no. Yeah, Beverly, we're glad you're feeling better. Beverly checks in with me. Tell me how she's doing once in a while. Uh, and of course, you know I can't do a show. I, 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 I basically now, Tim. You know I don't get paid for this. You know. Yeah, I know. I you remind me of that money for this. every day. I, I don't have a personal assistant. Yeah, and you're um, not getting. I do. I didn't even get a sandwich the other day, but. Uh, I do this show for one reason, Timmy. What's that? For one Colonel? reason. That is for Dottie Scott. She is a loyal fan. She she loves to well, hear. I do this show for Dottie Scott. You and do everything for you Dottie. You and Brandy. Mm-hmm. She loves you and Brandy. We keep Timmy off the ledge. We keep. Yeah. We try to take care of Timmy. I have. Uh, I actually, when the neighbor was giving Dottie some trouble, I tossed one neighbor out the window for Dottie. Well, you're, you're um, a good neighbor. Well, it was only you're from like the State third Farm. floor. I mean, it is like State not Farm. a big deal. Of course, Casey, um, our our Republican friend. Yeah. Um, but you know what? For for Republican Casey, not so bad. Yeah, he's a good guy. Casey's a good guy, and we have a lot of Republican listeners, a lot of Democratic listeners. We like all people. We embrace We're bipartisan. We embrace. We are bipartisan. Well, we embrace pretty much everybody here. We like to be inclusive. Um, it's the uh, now. I'm not all that keen on people from Finland, though. No, we like people from Finland. We have listeners in Finland. What's wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Where's Amsterdam at? It's Holland, but we like them too. Okay, Holland. We like those people, but Amsterdam, it's the den of sin now. I mean, it's just... You can smoke pot there. I know. That's that's, Timmy's second home. It is Timmy's second home. I know, but I've been there, and I've been to the red light district. It's pretty cool. You cannot find Jesus in Amsterdam. Well, you can, but they sell him on a little (laughs) candle. But uh, those, are, those are my shout-outs. We got a new uh, sponsor this week. Oh, why am I not surprised? Um, Who's our sponsor, Colonel? Well, they... Timmy, you know, every once in a while you get stuck in a tight spot. Well, you don't drive, so you wouldn't notice. Right. Um, but we got camel towing. Okay. Okay. Camel <laughs> towing. 
Nice. And um, they're, 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 how long did it take you to come up with that? Fast service, and their motto is, we'll pull them out. If your car gets stuck, I believe they're talking about cars. I'm not sure. Yeah. But it's camel towing, okay. uh, fast service, reliable service, and we'll pull them out of the uh, tight spots. Are you wearing cologne today? I wear cologne every day. No, you don't. Are you wearing cologne today? No, I'm wearing my... You got, my, I just got, you got on the Old Spice... I got my high karate on. Yeah, I'm smelling, I'm smelling my high karate. I got over my here. high karate on. You know the Colonel. Panther piss. Okay, well I <laughs> had a pretty, I had a pretty interesting weekend, pretty exciting weekend. As you know, I'm I listen to the uh, Thinking Sideways podcast. It's a very, uh, it's a great podcast. I've been listening to for about a year. I don't even listen to our own podcast. I know you don't, but <laughs> but. <laughs> And I don't blame you for not listening to our But podcast. I am going to check out these Thinking Sideways people because they, they sound pretty interesting. They are. Me, they so. do mysteries, and they're really good, and I've been listening to them for about a year. But anyway, I went. they have a huge following, and I went on their um, uh, Facebook page the other day, and, um, you know, we have, we have our loyal listeners, and we were very happy about that. But we wanted to look at, you know, grow it. We want to grow, and we want to have more listeners than we have. So I put out a... Um, question out on their page on you know how maybe we might be able to market our program better in better ways and uh, fast forward fast forward and um so you went begging is what you yeah did. basically and uh, they were very gracious so no they seriously they was very gracious and they allowed us to post our our um link to their page and we got some really nice comments and overnight our um uh, our, uh, so you're saying we're nothing without them? Yeah, basically, we tripled our Perfect. we tripled tripled our downloads overnight. So I want to give a shout out to some folks who listened on that page, and I'm going to go through them really quickly because of a lot of names. But we really do appreciate you listening, and we hope you continue to listen. So here are the shout outs: Shannon, Courtney, Casey, Kyle, Jane, That's Cassie. What the hell, are you Cassie? Doing? I'm sorry, Ka- Kyle, Jane, <laughs> Jessica, Lucille. Brittany Nicole, Tara, Katrina, Sherry J, Terry O, Nikki, Charlie, Allie, and Maxine. Thank you all, and we appreciate you listening. And if I left anyone out, I'm terribly sorry. But special thanks, though, to the uh, side, uh, Thinking Sideways uh, team, Joe, Devin, and Steve, for allowing us to post our link on their page. It's really very gracious of them and well, we appreciate it. Well, I'm going to go check their podcast out. They it's on really iTunes good. too? On iTunes. Uh, you, get on iTunes you get them on iTunes. You can get them on Facebook, Stitcher. It's Thinking Sideways, the podcast. They're excellent. Check them out. Okay, so with that being said, Brandy, do you have any challenge? No. Okay, let's get into Winnie Ruth Judd or better known as the Torso Murderess. Now, we usually do serial killers, and this lady only killed two people, so... She was a spree killer. Yeah, she was a spree killer, but it's an interesting story, so um, nevertheless, let's let's talk about her. Um, Winnie... We didn't get talking. Ruth Judd, thank you very much, um, was born... No relation to... No relation to... Winona. Yeah, my mom Ashley. wanted to know if she or was... Or Naomi. Naomi or Winona or uh, Ashley. Ashley. Yeah, no relation. How do we you know tell. that? Well, we don't. I'm assuming there's no relation. So you're just blurting stuff out Seriously? here. Yeah, but like we Who normally do. It's killing me. 
Okay. I got lotion on my hands. That's all I got. Why do you have lotion on your hands? Because you get the high karate, jade, whatever it is that you do. It's panther piss. 100% (laughs) of the time, it works 85% of the time. (laughs) Okay. So that's that's just my pheromones you're giving off. I'm giving off that devil. It's not. Quit giving me that sideways glance like that's how he he reels the babes in. What is the, when you're going through your Irish accent, what is that Irish saying that the, you always, we always hear. Oh, may you be in heaven a half an hour before Brandy knows you're dead. Yeah, that that's the one. Is it, is it a wide Irish <laughs> yeah, thing? It's, it's, it's everywhere. Sweeping the country. Yeah. Okay, so... Like with, the plague. <laughs> like the plague. Winnie Ruth Judd was born Winnie Ruth McKinnell uh, on January 29th, 1905. Uh, her father was a Methodist minister, and <laughs> I have in my notes here that his... And their names were Reverend and Mrs. McKinnell. So, obviously. Uh, uh, stellar research, as always. Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, you know. We're going to have to get our interns to step up their game. Today. Yeah. Well, yeah, I wish we had an intern. Okay. Uh, she was bo- b- born during a blizzard in Darlington, Indiana. I don't, I'm not sure where Darlington is. Do you know where Darlington is? In Indiana. Well, I know it's in Indiana. It's right said. between Ohio and Illinois. All right. So, you don't know either. <laughs> Um, she That's was raised in a free Methodist household. I don't know what that means. Um, what, a free Methodist household? Yeah, she but she, like free range chickens. She went to uh, uh, going. She went to services at a Pentecostal church. Now I can tell you, Timmy, where worship and manifestations were routine. They are not free range. As as a uh, as a practicing Methodist. Yeah. Um, and and a free Methodist obviously is just an offshoot of Methodist. What does that mean, a free Methodist? Is free, a, you're not a slave, or what does uh, it mean? No, a free Methodist is, um, they're, they're less Calvinistic as the Methodist Church. Okay. Um, they are a little more, and, and it's strange that she would jump from that to a Pentecostal, because a free Methodist Church, I mean, a Methodist Church, and I am a Methodist, they got damn near almost no rules. Right, you know, I mean, you got the Ten Commandments, but I think they only really recognize they're about negotiable. Six of them. They're yeah. negotiable. Yeah, it's the. It, but right. anyway, to go from that to a Pentecostal is, is it's extreme. it's strange. Extreme. Well, as, even as a child, she wanted to have a baby. Uh, when she was seven years old, uh, she told all her school friends that her mother was going to have a baby. All the neighbors came out to congratulate Mrs. McKinnell. Uh, who had no fact, idea. Yeah, who had no idea. Uh, and, of course, there was no baby. As a teenager, she accused her boyfriend of getting her pregnant, although she never had sex with him or with any boy, for that matter. Um, so, Colonel, I know you, you are a big uh, proponent of uh, fornication. I'm, uh, I'm not against fornication, I'm, uh, but I'm for safe fornication. Yeah, well, apparently she was... <clears throat> Claiming that she was fornicating with her boyfriend and that he uh, had impregnated her when apparently that wasn't true. And that's problematic. And and I noticed, For you know, I don't reasons. know if this happens to you, Timmy, but when you reach the level of uh, notoriety and fame celebrity. that the colonel, celebrity that the colonel has reached, I mean, you're getting, you're getting phone call all the time. Uh, you know, the colonel got me pregnant in yeah. Hawaii. The colonel, you know, I'm your... Uh, Long lost son, I'm your the colonel. Your love child. Yeah, I mean yeah. that happens to you all the time. You get yeah. used to that. Well, her parents took her to the doctor based on this claim, um, and the doctor said that she was not pregnant. 
uh, or and the doctor said, in fact, that she had never had had sex. So, so she sh- would like the Virgin Mary. She kind of shut down her claims. I don't know how Except old she for was. The baby she was a teenager. Jesus. It doesn't say what age, but eventually she ran away from home. And when she came back, she said she had been kidnapped and had given birth. There you but, go. But there was no baby uh, to be found. So, um, so she was a little odd, to say the least. Uh, no, nothing really strange. Just you know, she just seems to have this. All of this is really strange. It, no, <laughs> it's not really strange when you think coming right down to it. Because I, uh, well, you know, the colonel does the research on these people. Well, I know you do, colonel. And uh, really, and Miss Judd, if you've seen any pictures of her, it's no coincidence that the woman wanted to have a baby, but was still a virgin. Actually, I think I didn't think she was that bad looking. Oh, she looked like a mud fence, Timmy. <laughs> okay. So, well, I think it was just, you know, 1930s. Everyone was ugly back in the day. Um, these uh, lies and actions as a t- teenager um, could have resulted from just immaturity and selfishness. Um, but it also showed that she was emotionally unbalanced. It seems that she had a nervous condition as a child and as a woman, so she was taking the Xanax, I'm sure. I don't believe they came out with the Xanax till 1970-something. Yeah. Well, I don't know what she was taking then, but uh, today she would be taking the Xanax. And I know you're a proponent of the Xanax. The colonel the is a, uh, I believe they should legalize Xanax. Um, they should legalize Xanax? <laughs> yeah, I believe it should. Be a daily, it should be a daily supplement. For, for medicinal purposes. Like vitamins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, just like vitamins. Okay. So anyway, she went to work. Uh, when she, she got a little bit older, she went to work at the Indiana State Hospital as an attendant. Um, she did well there, and she started receiving more and more responsibility. And that's when she met her husband, Dr. William C. Judd. Uh, he was a veteran of World War One, and had become addicted to morphine due to his war wounds. And he was never able to hold a job very long, but, um, you know, he did find a way of getting the morphine. Um, so and they, I, were, I, they were that couple. Well, I'm not opposed to morphine addiction, but... I'm opposed to high on a morphine addict. Well, I, well she, apparently he had a hard time getting a job because of his morphine addiction. But he was a doctor, so he was somewhat accomplished. But, I mean, they were that couple. You know that couple that's just kind of... Not right. You don't really want to do things with them, but they're sort of fun. Yeah. But you they're know fun they embarrass. The, they're fun if there's 20 other couples around and you don't get locked in a room with them. Right. It's they're weird. that couple. Yeah. Yeah. Because well, you get to go home and talk about there it. Was She's an, a liar and there, he's, mm-hmm. you know. There was an age difference between them. Uh, he was 26 years older than her. She was yes. 17 and he was 43. Who's that sound like? Well, I, I, I'm not going to <clears> cast <throat> aspersions on that. Uh, I suppose you wouldn't, Mr. Glasshouse. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, they went to uh, New Orleans for their honeymoon down in Nolans. Nolans. And uh, I wonder if they went to Marie Laveau's grave while they were there. I think they did. I probably. They probably went to the French Quarter and drank and showed their titties. <laughs> what the hell wrong with you? Today? I'm just. Did they show their titties back in the forties? I never seen. No, 40 titties. I ain't. They didn't start doing that till 1972. Oh, okay. 72. <laughs> 1972. August 15th. <laughs> right. Now, here, let me tell you a quick story, Timmy. Now, oh God, it, no. It just involves New Orleans and titties. You, you brought this up now. No. I'm, it's I'm my about, fault. I'm All of a sudden, it's my fault. I'm about 11 years old. Yeah. I got a. Are I you got in a New Orleans? Shirt on. 
I'm in New Orleans. You're in New Orleans at 11 years old. At, what, what with my your pa- dead mother. My, what, what my what my mama and, and, my, and my stepdaddy and, and his they, mom got the cancer. Now he's, they, they small they small town people. Okay, they small bitch. town people, and they don't really know New Orleans in the French Quarter. So we're walking you down through the You were a worldly 11-year-old, yeah. of course. Well, <laughs> this has caused the Colonel some problems ever okay. since. Yeah, this has caused the Colonel uh, problems. So they got this bar, and they got the barkers there, you know. Come on in here. Come on in yeah, here. Come on right, in. Right. And they got this lady on the swing coming out of about the second floor. She's on a swing that comes out into right, the street. Right, right, And she ain't got no top on. And she got big old, big old juggers. Just bobbing she's, around she's, and okay, what? And I stopped because I'm mesmerized. I'm well. No, I guess I was about 12, 13 years. When the oh hormones start checking in, what is this story in. doing? And uh, I'm mesmerized by these things. Yeah. And, and I got my name you on the back are. of my shirt. And uh, the bar, I hear the bar. Is that the colonel on the back of your shirt? <laughs> well, at that time it just said Chuck. Okay. And I hear this true story now. And I hear the barker say because it's fascinating so far. Kind of on the edge of my. <laughs> he, he's saying. Chuck, I think you should move along, son. <laughs> well, what I did not know, Timmy, and what me and my therapist have had many, many discussions, mm-hmm. was that was not, in fact, a woman. It was a man. Oh. Because in New Orleans, women cannot walk around topless. Oh. But the men, the female impersonators that have had the injections, can walk around topless. Oh. So when you see an attractive woman with a set of boobies hanging out yeah. in the street, and you're 13, 12 years old, Thirteen, twelve, or whatever you are. <laughs> what the? Uh, all of a sudden, you've fallen in love you, with a man with fake boobs, and that causes some psychological trauma for the child, and he has to see a therapist well, to get himself. So it wasn't he, they had more than just boobs, is what you're saying. Yeah, they had the junk too. There was they Caitlyn had, Jenner, the, is what tally, it was. Tally, yeah. tallywhacker. They had the tallywhacker. They had the boobs. It was not. It was just something that the the thirteen year old mind may, could not process. Maybe that was a you know was that is that where you kind of did that define your um, sexuality at an early? It confused me too. <laughs> it confused me. Oh, I can understand that. Now City he, of sin, where women are women, and so are the men. Now he has <laughs> exactly. proclivities. Okay, back to the Judd family. They went to New Orleans for their honeymoon, and maybe or maybe not. Um, we're not sure if they saw the tranny in, on the swing, but then they moved to Mexico for a while, uh, so he could be a doctor. He there could, you go. He couldn't practice. They frowned on him practicing as an active uh, morphine addict in the U.S., so he moved to Mexico, and he started working for a large mining company as a doctor. She left her little small town in Indiana, Indiana, a religious family, and um, they lived on a small salary. Uh, where they did some traveling, saved some money, but most of the money went to her husband's drug and alcohol addiction. Apparently, he liked the the drink as well. Um, yeah, he liked a nip now and then. Yeah, to go along with his morphine. Um, so it was kind of an uh, unstable marriage, to say the least. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, her marriage in 1924 to Dr. Judd didn't turn out to be as wonderful as she had hoped due to his addiction and his inability to settle down and hold a job. And uh, he didn't really want to have kids. And again, there are, you know, there's this 26-year age difference. You know, he's, uh, he's getting up in years now. And now he's, he's, he's about 45 years old. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. 40, he's a morphine addict and an alcoholic, so you know he got some erectile dysfunction problems. Well, I, I don't know that. The morphine just, will do that. That's the first thing it attacks. But she begged him, uh, and at, at the day, there was no Viagra or Cialis around. Um, so Dead they, Spanish you know, fly. Well, yeah, but that was for the woman, right? No, that's true. They didn't, uh, and they did take sit in the backyard in their separate bathtubs back in the day. Well, yeah. Everybody does that. Uh, anyway, um, she would beg him to let her have a baby, but he would always insist that they use birth control. Now, I don't know what, I guess he used condoms in the 30s, right? I, I, believe I thought it was pull and pray. Maybe I believe anybody. back in the 30s, they was using uh, leather. They was using leather, little thin leather. Well, like a sock? Covers, yeah. Like a sock? A pecker sock. Yeah, pecker sock. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember ever reading that, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go with that. Um, so she soon quit birth control. Stuff. She must have been taking something. Did they have diaphragms in the 30s? I don't know. We need to do better research on this show. Um, Why we got to get so far into the sex life, you freak? I just wanted to know about the murder. <laughs> well, anyway, she was upset that he was not providing her with a child, okay? So, um, so she was unable to manipulate him to get him to give her a child. And... Um, but she was, other than that, they had an okay marriage. I mean, he wasn't physically or emotionally abusive to her. Um, he just could not uh, get her pregnant. Take an erection. Mm. Um, but um, she did get pregnant. Good news. Um, but he insisted on performing an abortion. So she did not like that at all, but she went along with it. You know, here's her lifelong dream to have a, a child. And then her husband... Uh, thought that they could not afford a child, so um, he performed an abortion on her. Um, this left her in a deep depression. Did he do it in the back alley? I don't know. It's just, well, it was hmm. in Mexico. I mean, I don't know. Um, she, got, she went into depression, but then she got pregnant a second time, but she miscarried. So um, these were pretty traumatic events to her. It caused her a lot of emotional pain. Uh, and it really changed her feelings toward her husband, Dr. Judd. Uh, and she started to have uh, harbor deep bitterness toward him. Uh, this, in, in turn, intensified his addiction with his own demons and selfishness. Despite the anger, she still loved him, but uh, and she tried to get him off the narcotics. He lost his job in Mexico, uh, and then they came back um, to Texas uh, used all his money, uh, their money, and sold his car in order to buy drugs again. So he's really in this yes. drug cycle, a cycle of drug abuse. Um, this time she had a nervous breakdown. Remember I mentioned earlier she was a nervous child and a nervous... Um, mm-hmm. These call them nervous breakdowns. I don't think they call them that anymore, but... They call it exhaustion out there. Yeah, but back in the day it was... The vapors. The vapors. Yeah, yeah. got the vapors. Um, so she had a nervous breakdown and she left him. So she went to live in Arizona, where she got a job, um, and she brought uh, Dr. Judd, her husband, from El Paso to Phoenix, and had him committed to a veterans hospital to get him some help. Remember, I said he was in the First World War, and that's where he uh, was injured. And He probably had the shell shock. Well, and he got addicted to the pain medications from the war, so not entirely his fault. Um, her first job was as a governess to a wealthy family family. Uh, in Arizona, and um, now, but then she meets a young fella named Happy Jack, 
And Brandy's is going to tell us what happens next. So Happy Jack evidently moved in next door to her. Okay. And he was part owner of one of the largest lumber yards in Phoenix. Wonder why he was so happy. Is that why he was happy? I don't know. He was a mover and a shaker. Didn't who do a song called Happy Jack? I don't know. I believe they did Google that for me, intern. Write that down. Write that down. He was a mover and a shaker. He was influential. He was a successful businessman. He had a lot of charm. He liked to party. Oh, he was big with the ladies. He was like the colonel. He was a ladies' man. The lady man. He was a ladies' man. Lady man. And he was good old boy par excellence. Did he have a big wang? I don't don't know. Because you know the lady man had a big wang. He was... (laughs) He did have a big wang. He was also married. Oh! Oh, Happy Jack had a bride. How can Happy Jack be happy? Then that's an oxymoron. Happy Jack it? had a bride. Well, evidently Happy Jack was getting tail all over town. That's why he was a happy guy. Yeah. Well, he sounds like quite the quite the playboy. Our His happy wealth Jack. made him very attractive. Well, he had a big wang. And he had a big wang. Well, that, that does. And, and, and he liked the ladies. He likes the ladies. Yeah. And the ladies liked him apparently. Well, well and lady, the ladies lady liked him. Cool and, Jack. Um, yeah, there was a song called Happy Jack. The Who did have Thank Jack. God. Um, Thank you for clarifying that, Colonel. Yes, I was worried. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so what else about Happy Jack? So he was, she was lonely and overwrought, but still beautiful. Yeah. See, I said she was beautiful. Colonel said she wasn't. I thought she was kind of attractive. We'll let our v- listeners decide. Well, I'm just wondering, logically, how you how you want to have a baby. You're, you're, you're 17 years old. You say you're pregnant. You're still a virgin. Now, back in the day, if you was pretty... 17 years old. I mean, that was like being 30 now. Man, they'd be banging you like a drunk. I mean, but she couldn't get, she couldn't get laid. Well, maybe she was getting banged. She just wasn't getting pregnant. She was a virgin. Well, the doctor said she was a virgin. You can't have, babe. You shouldn't be having fornication. Yeah. Yeah, don't fornicate. Don't fornicate. Yeah. Although, she kind of gave that up because she started, Little Miss Ruth started having an affair with Happy Jack. With Happy Jack, despite the fact that she's married. To and Doc, he's married. To Dr. Judd, and he's married. To Mrs. Happy Jack. To, yeah. And, but he he introduced her to Mr. Happy. So, yeah, his wang. His wang. His wang. Mr. Happy. So, she's torn between her love for her husband and her religious values. You know what? I don't think she was. I don't think she was. She wasn't torn that hard. I think she saw Happy Jack and said, I want some of that wang. (laughs) She was... You got some more wang all of a sudden. (laughs) (laughs) The ladies' man. She was attracted to the dashing Happy Jack hollering and his money and power. You know, you have never been described as dashing, Colonel. Well, I've been dashing once or twice, but... Like away from police. That's away what you've from been doing. police, right. yeah. So when he got a better job as a medical secretary at the private Grunow... Grunow? Grunow? It doesn't Grunow. matter. Grunow. Okay, Clint. Is there... A, we're calling her Winnie or Ruth. I don't know. They're both on here. Okay, so if we say Winnie or Ruth, it's the same person. It's okay. interchangeable. Winnie Ruth. Yeah. All right. So like she, Hawk and the Colonel. Yes. So she goes to the private Grunow Clinic where she meets Agnes Ann Leroy... And Hedvig Sammy Samuelson. <laughs> now, that sounds like somebody from a Mel Brooks movie. Okay. <laughs> Let me say what. I would never date anyone named Agnes. I don't care. It reminds me of Agnes Moorhead from Bewitched. I, nice lady, but I, I, I would. she's old. And what's the other lady's name? Hedwig. Hedvig. Now, Miss Moorhead. That sounds like a Nazi to me. Hedvig. Hedvig. But Miss Moorhead, Samuelson. I got to say, was a beauty in a prime. 
She may have been, but Agnes, I don't know. Now, 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 now uh, Bewitched, what was her name? I don't know. Elizabeth my, Montgomery. Montgomery. Okay. Yeah, she's hot. So they all became... Not now. I think she's dead. I believe she is. Sure. So they all became... They became best friends. Intern check. Okay, so Agnes, Hedwig... Agnes, Annie... Now Annie was Annie went she went by Annie oh, because okay. who goes by Agnes? Okay. Honestly. All right, well I can Annie. go okay. So Annie, Hedwig, 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 and Ruth Winnie Ruth were Winnie friends. Winnie Ruth. Okay. Yes, they were they're friends. all friends. All friends. Annie was thirty two years old, twice divorced woman from Oregon. Oh, and, and she was the x-ray technician. She had the decency to get divorced. Yeah, but you know, back in the day in the it, was it was scandalous, but she scandalous, still had the decency. She was divorced to do it. twice. Well, uh, she was the x-ray te- technician and Sammy was 24. She was from North Dakota and had been a teacher, but now she had tuberculosis, which made her TB. She had the consumption. She had the consumption, which made her very attractive. Miss Montgomery, just for the record, the intern just got back to me. She died at the age of 62 of the cold erector cancer. Elizabeth Montgomery. I thought she had the breast cancer, but she she had had the bloody stool. (laughs) Apparently, (laughs) Jesus Christ. So, great. All right, let's get back to this. So, so, she had Richard Ramirez dizzy. Okay. Okay, so, so, Annie, not Annie. So, Annie's got, Ann, or Sammy. Sammy Sammy's has got consumption. Consum- okay. She has tuberculosis, so which makes her very attractive to everyone. Well, I don't know about Clearly. that. Clearly. I mean, yeah. Well, but she's 24, because, though, so she's probably hot. Well, because it's possible that Annie and Sammy were bisexual and had a relationship. Ah, that's oh, why yeah. the two divorces. They were maybe. Just, yeah, maybe. they were cleaning carpet. But you, you know but what? Do now you really want to hitch your bisexual wagon to a girl with tub- tuberculosis? She ain't well, so you know, it's, she ain't it's ugly. Maybe a short relationship. Well, she ain't so be. ugly to me now, Timmy. Do I? She ain't so ugly to me. Now. <laughs> it's getting a little bit more intriguing, isn't it? Yeah, she's getting a little more attractive. So it's now. possible, um, let's see. They were living together. Andy and Sammy Andy and Sammy lived together in a small studio duplex. Okay, so, 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 like so they were apartment. kind of, you know, they were, uh, they were living. There the, was no Wang. In the, no Wang there. They were, there were living in no Wang zone. <laughs> and no <laughs> Wang zone. They were doing, you know, they were cleaning carpet. And yes. this was back in the day when you just didn't do that. So they had to kind of probably live in the closet. They lived on the down low. Yeah. Um, so Ruth moved in with the women for a short time. Winnie Ruth, she moved in with them for a short time. Um, but. Living living so close together with these ladies that are together mm-hmm. caused problems, so Winnie Ruth moved so, back out. So she discovered that they're a little secret. I don't know, or, you know, Sammy coughed on her. Uh, I mean, it's hard to tell. <laughs> Kept her up at night yeah, with I her don't, tuberculosis. I don't think I'd live with I don't, I think Well, you know the thing about the consumption, Timmy? What's that? Is it, it, makes you, it gives you the night sweats, first of all. Does it? And and then you're coughing up the blood all the so time. So now all of a sudden, Dr. Quinn's an expert on friggin' TB. <laughs> you lose it. Well, my, my stepdaddy had the consumption. He was up here for 18 of months. He got cured. I'm not but again. But he did die. You told us that story during Edward Allan Poe. Yeah, okay, I'm just telling you. But he's not so dead. No, everybody but else you start losing weight. Yeah. I mean, you start losing weight. And well, where, do women, where do women lose weight first? Their, Their boobs. Their boobs. Ain't uh-huh. nobody want a woman who every day the boobs is a little bit smaller. Okay. So, Hollerin, when they were all living together, would bring along 
his married friends. So oh, all of a sudden, so Happy people, Jack is in the picture. So now. all of a sudden, these people became like concubines, and uh, Happy Jack's just bringing along all his buddies. So Happy Jack is getting in the line. Happy Jack's getting so, some action, and so are all his married friends. He'd party. They'd party. Oh, uh, it's Sodom and Gomorrah down there. Now, was this, was this around Prohibition? 30s, yeah. Okay, so yeah, booze was a big happened. deal. Wasn't oh. like now when you're just showing up with some Bartles and Jane. Shit, I'd invite, I'd invite Doctor John. Deal. He was bringing morphine. Well, Bartles and James. Bartles and James. How you like that? Uh, nice. That was a nice. Bring some Zima. Are, are the Carpenters playing at this party? Could be. It was the '30s. You don't know. Some Boone's Farm. <laughs> It's not like the guy just showed up with Zima. <laughs> yeah, well, that's he was bringing some. He was that's bringing some top shit. shelf stuff. That's top shelf shit. That's right. So anyway, so the men would give them gifts and money, and then they, of course, would probably have sex. Well, we don't know that. You are you are making assumptions. When you assume you make an ass out, you and me. Mainly you. Well, I have the question. Maybe they were paying, maybe they were bringing them wine and money to watch them, you know. I don't know. Kind of do the dirty. say. Colonel, you, you've been known to visit those websites where women uh, enjoy, enjoy pleasure each other. I've been known to visit houses However, where women play. Go However, ahead. nobody can stay away from Happy Jack. No. <laughs> you got, got, got that wang. You got, wang. <laughs> you got the magic wang. So, all of a sudden, <clears throat> Annie and Sammy decide to abandon their relationship. So, they're giving up lesbianism yeah, to get that wang. they're just in Happy Jack. <laughs> See, now, you know, what is, happy. you know what Happy Jack is? <laughs> That's why turning people left and right. He's the same thing as the colonel. You know what no. we're known as? Fli- we we'll flippers. Dipshits. We're flippers. We can take... No. Yeah. We have to call you Happy Colonel. Happy Colonel. <laughs> it doesn't if have to If you want same. me to flip somebody... It doesn't flow. Okay, so Happy Jack gets involved yeah, Happy Jack. with, with and her And Happy her Jack roommates. would go over to their, to their house when Ruth wasn't there. Oh, that's Visiting just not the, right. No, Happy Jack was... Well, it's not right on their part either. No. That's a so Ruth is their friend. Yeah, well, Winnie Ruth, Winnie Ruth gets hers. Don't you worry about that. Okay. So anyway, it is alleged that all three of them were having an affair, and together with Hollering, and that Annie. No, I didn't say together. Like a foursome. And Annie liked to rile Winnie Ruth up with accounts of her own sexual adventures with the Studley uh, businessman. Ah, see, here's that's the that's where you make a mistake. You can have an affair, just don't throw it in their face. And oh that's my goodness! You, particularly playing on the fact that <clears throat> Judd was in love with Holler and, and Annie was just using him for money. Well, now one well, of the interns just brought me a picture of Happy Jack. He looked like Rudy <laughs> Giuliani a little bit. He does. He's a handsome fella. He's a dashing old man. Well, I hope Happy Jack had a big wang because I'm over whatever that is. He's okay, got so out. let me get back to this. So, uh, she the, not only is he banging all three of them. So Annie would rile up Winnie Ruth, who was supposed to be the prime, like the you know you have the primary relationship, right? That, she, know, she, which should be his marriage, but evidently was not. <laughs> and she should be in her marriage, which sure. But the the primary relationship, the reason they're all there is because she introduced them to Happy. She Jack. She introduced them. Yeah, Winnie Ruth introduced them all to Happy Jack. So then Annie starts Annie starts getting some wang and she's telling her and she gets Ruth all riled up and telling him Well you know, Ruth probably feels a bit um, vulnerable because she's married she's still officially married to Dr. Judd and so she couldn't you know she's like in between two relationships so she probably felt vulnerable that 
Uh, and she was, you know, she was married to Dr. Judd, so she, you know, she probably felt like, you know, if she wasn't careful, Happy Jack could get away, and she missed that. And then wang. she'd have nothing. She'd miss she'd that. She'd have wang. no wang. She had no wang. Well, she'd have her husband's wang, but well, apparently but he's all that wang up. can't do much because yeah. it's all yeah. And they didn't have the hustle of stores back then. They did one. not. No. Now wait, he was on Dr. Judd came back to Phoenix. Oh. oh. Good. Yeah, well, he, he wandered back, let's face it. He just, he's <laughs> heard that there are some good drugs there. He just he's he wandered his back. Way back. Yeah. yeah, okay. And he moved back in with Ruth. Well, that, uh, put a, that would put a cramp in your style. Well, but, you know, all the partying got him drinking despite her pleas. To- if you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. To her friends to stop including Dr. Judd in their parties, which I don't blame her. Who wants to party with your husband? Especially if you're banging Happy Jack. Happy Jack? What if, you know, Happy Jack's so magnetic, what if Dr. Judd gets in on it? (laughs) This could have been, yeah. That could have happened. It could have happened. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's magnetic. Maybe. This guy's a magnetic guy. Because Dr. Judd didn't mind the occasional injection. Evidently. Well, <laughs> he was probably so doped up it didn't matter. He just, you know, passed out. You know, out. they probably just... Yeah, so, I mean... Uh, taking pictures of him. Uh, yeah. and, Happy uh, Jacks, uh, you know, he... Yeah, I don't know. He, his wang got around. Mm-hmm. Well, so... It's a wonder wang. <laughs> it, it's a wandering wonder wang. <laughs> a wandering wonder wang. So... The husband was like... Man, this morphine's starting to make my butt hurt all the time. <laughs> right. He should stop taking it then. <laughs> okay. So ahead. Dr. Judd um, got a job in California, and he left again. So I don't know. It doesn't say if he was practicing medicine or whatever. Yeah, I'm not he sure got I a job. him as my he's primary gone again. physician. I, you know, got a job. He's gone again. So on one night in the fall of 1931, Ruth, and you would think she'd know better at this point, but Ruth introduced Holland to another nurse named Lucy Moore. Um, Don't tell me she got some of that wine. Well, so there was a hunting trip planned. They had a hunting trip planned, and Lucy Moore was from that area. Okay. So Jack and Ruth picked her up, picked up Lucy, and Jack 
And you gotta hand it to Jack because he's ballsy. He's got happy it all Jack. out there. Happy he's Jack. happy Jack. He's like, you know, we're gonna stop. So they, they pick up Lucy, and then Jack wants to make a stop at Annie and Sammy's duplex. Okay, so they already got one. He's already got two women in the car, and he wants to go pick up the two uh, lesbians. I don't. He wants to make a stop. Okay. Who uh, knows what for? Okay. Um, it's a party. Ruth had turned down their invitation to party earlier by telling them that she had work to do. Okay, so, so she now, was trying to cut them out of this yeah, trip. Yeah, so now okay. Happy Jack's going, whoa, 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 we're going to stop by and see what's going on. Um, she was embarrassed, and she didn't go in, but Jack went in and told them that Ruth was in the car, because evidently not only is he happy, he's kind of a peckerhead. <laughs> Ruth is feeling better. Oh, my headache is gone. Ruth, Ruth's in the car? I don't know what her deal is. That's my husband. That's what he'd do. She told you she was sick? She and I acted sick. She ran the car. <laughs> Looks just fine to me. Yeah, yeah, this guy. Go there and take a look. <laughs> so Sammy and Annie came out to see Ruth, and she introduced them to Lucille Moore. Uh, although nothing was said that night, it seems that jealous that when it seems the jealous Annie and Sammy were none too happy that Ruth had introduced Lucy to hollering. Okay, so now, so now the jealous. lesbians are jealous. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it ain't nothing scarier than a, than a jealous, angry lesbian. Yeah. Fighting over a man. Uh-oh. Fighting over a man. <laughs> right. And you know what? The colonel has had that. And it, that's well, one situation it. the colonel tries to stay out of. You haven't had that. When, you know, Ever. The colonel might have the magnetic thing, whatever, but you know, I, try to push the, I try to push the lesbians. I try to let them know up front, you know what, this just ain't going to work. I don't get involved. And I ain't got nothing against the lesbians. You know, I love lesbians. Yeah, I so love lesbian I, listens. I love there. lesbians and love lesbian porn. Well, I ain't going to get all crazy on the show here and talk about my strangeness, but... But I do try to discourage lesbians from, uh, unless, you know, I need to flip them. Are you going to hit this sometime? I mean, I'm just saying point. that sometimes a woman will leave. you gotta, of, you got to be careful with people's affections, is what you're saying. And lesbians can be crazy. Yeah. None of this is anywhere near the truth. Okay. But okay. So the next night, Ruth was again invited to Annie and Sammy's to play bridge. Well, they're pretty they're pretty friendly to her, considering she's introducing that hoe, Lori, or whatever her name is. Well... So, yeah, I don't know what's going on. But they're going to play bridge with another friend. But, again, Ruth declines and says she has too much work to do. Uh, She changed her mind later and went over, and the other friend was just leaving. So, all of a sudden, Andy and Sammy want to get possessive. Well, and they want to know how Jack knew Lucy more. And Ruth told them that she'd introduce them, and that started an argument. They threatened to tell Jack that Ruth... Ooh, they threatened to tell Jack that Ruth had introduced him to a woman that had VD. Oh, my God. She had the venereal disease. So he's going to be the happy clap. Yeah, he is. And here's the other thing. Happy Jack doesn't seem to be very discriminating, so I'm not sure that that's a deterrent. Well, that's true. That's true. So You know, probably not, you know. But they, they, you, know, you know the free clinic, a VD clinic. That's a hell of a place to pick up women. I don't believe that they could cure the cure the clap back then. The could they? I don't know. Give penicillin. Well, I don't. Did they the have thing. penicillin yet? Here's the thing. Ruth is the one that told them that Lucy had the VD. Yeah, we don't, and we we want to say clearly, we cannot confirm that she had any sort of venereal disease. No, Ruth told them that she that they couldn't tell because it was confidential information. HIPAA laws. Oh, they had, well, they didn't have HIPAA then, but it's, it's confidential. Yeah, it's HIPAA. But somehow they knew that she had, uh, you know, that she had burning well, tea. Ruth told or, them. Yeah. Uh, Ruth. Well, and, I think when she went to the bathroom and you heard, 
Well, every time she had pee, and women if they pee did a lot. Tell him. Well, and if they did tell him, Ruth was going to tell the doctors that Annie and Sammy were Annie and Sammy were lesbians. Ah, oh, so she's oh. playing the old she's playing les- the lesbian, card. lesbian card. She's playing that nice, card. nice. Uh, let's see. She went into the kitchen and turned around to find Sammy standing there with a gun pointed at her and shouting that she better not tell anyone anything bad about Annie. According to Ruth, they struggled and the gun with the gun, and Annie started hitting Ruth with an ironing board. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably when there was I- old. Iron One of those ironing big board. Ones. Yeah, it wasn't the. Don't, yeah. Don't bring an ironing board to a gunfight. <laughs> no. Yeah. You yeah. know what? Though? I bet you could use it as a shield. <laughs> but you know what? You only have to connect one time. <laughs> That's true. Uh, let's see. According to Ruth, let's see the ironing board. Okay. At first, Ruth was shot in the hand as she grabbed the gun barrel. After struggling and fighting for the gun, she said it went off and killed Sammy. As Annie came at her again, she struggled to get up and she shot Annie too. So then, she shot both of them. Oh, she shot them both. Then in a panic, she put the bodies in a trunk. The next day, she had the trunk taken to her home. It was too heavy to be shipped. She said she How's she going to ship it to? <laughs> well, just send that shit out of country. Um, she said she wanted to ship the body to the coast and get her little brother to help her dump the bodies in the ocean. She had it shipped to California, but by now it was smelling. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound like it was real she thought out. She wanted to get on a train you and get out to California. You got to fill, and listen, is you got to fill up the, the little trunk with lime. Is that how you do it? Lime will absorb the smell. It, it, I don't think it, I don't down think down. it was well thought out. Her little plan there was well thought out. So she gets in this domestic okay, dispute. Okay, so it was too heavy to be locally shipped. Like, no okay. place would pick it up for local shipment right. to her house. So she had to get it out to her home. Then she decides, you know what, I'm taking this thing out to California. I'll have my brother help me. So Throw she's it in the just, ocean. Yeah, so she's just going to get on an Amtrak with this bad okay. boy. She can't ship it. Raises too many questions. She can't, whatever. So by now, though, she's waited long enough that the bodies have started to smell. Never and, put off tomorrow what you can do today. Well, and a baggage handler brought it to the attention of the steward handling the baggage, baggage at the train station. The baggage handler suspected the bags contained a dead deer, which was illegal to transport, obviously. Well, yeah, you yeah. can't just be dragging dead deer just, around no. all the time. Yeah, well, you, have buy, you have to buy a ticket. Well, sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, clearly. Uh, the railway employee inspected the bags further and saw blood seeping through the luggage. Oh. Really not thought and through. No, no. As for Judd, she claimed she didn't have the keys to open uh, I can't open the trunks. I don't have the key. Well, no, like, that's probably a smart, smart move. I mean, what's she going to do? She's going to open it, and they're, they're going to see the dead body. Yeah, but here's the thing: who's going to buy? You're traveling with this trunk. This is your luggage. I think I would out to just, California, I, and she's going to go. I don't have the key. You know what? That. I think I would have said, "Yeah, you're right. There's a dead deer in there. Let me get take this, get this thing mm-hmm. out of here." Yeah, something. I think I would have just got off at the next stop. Which is kind of what she did, isn't it? So, well, hold on. So she claimed she didn't have the keys to open the trunk on her, and she left the scene. She yeah, she was up, hoping they'd just send it on anyway. She met up with her brother, and according to police interviews with him, asked him to come get the trunks and then dispose of them in the ocean for her. That's a hell of a brother. Casey would not do that for me. No, I don't blame him. Uh, The railroad worker reported the suspicious baggage to the police, and the police picked the locks on the trunks. When it was opened, they were shocked to see Annie and Sammy's body parts. Uh. 
Judd's other luggage contained a 24 caliber Colt pistol. And they put out an APB for Ruth's arrest. So she chopped them up to put them in the trunk? I don't think so. I think she just kind of folded them. Yeah, they, 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 I think she, she she chopped off the arms, I think. Yeah, she chopped off the arms. Yeah. That's why it was the torso people. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, yeah. Because yeah, they wouldn't fit. They couldn't have been very big, though. I mean, I, that would be a huge-ass trunk if you're Well, I don't know. Bodies. It might have been big lesbians. Well, two kernel bodies. That's true. Well, yeah, it couldn't have been two kernel bodies. <laughs> I mean, He's portly. <laughs> clearly. Your people are starting to become hurtful. <laughs> so, Colonel, what happens next? I don't know because it's still my turn. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, why, why don't we just skip what happens next and go right to the sentencing? And I don't understand why he wants to do that. I've been entertaining today. I'm been, so tired. You I've have been, been entertaining. Ed- you have been. So, she remains wandering around for several days. She should have hooked up with her husband. Or happy she should have done well, I think Happy Jack's kind of irritated with her right yeah. now. Took, <laughs> just, well, she took away part of the hair. Of yeah, yeah, he just lost two. Let's be honest. Yeah. So she she remained at large for several days, but she gave herself up on October 23rd, and she was sent back to Arizona for the trial that would become the talk of the nation beginning uh, in January of 1932. Almost from the beginning, people suspected there was more to the case. It's possible that Jack Haller was, e- was involved either in the murders themselves or the cover-up afterwards and the dismembering of the bodies. So they thought Happy Jack might be in... Yeah, but Happy Jack doesn't seem... Happy people don't dismember people. Yeah, you no, never know. No. You don't run into Maybe that's why he's happy. So prosecutors said that she entered the residence while the two slept and shot him in cold blood. For her part, Judd had several slight variations of the st- to the story of what happened that night on tap over the course of the trial although she never took the stand to give her testimony under oath. The central theme of all the tales was that on the night in question, she was attacked and only fired her gun in self-defense, although why she had a gun on her all the time was never clear. Well, you never well, know. Well, what did I tell you to listen to the last time? Yeah, on never know when, all the time. Yeah, you never know when they... She also always stated that Happy Jack had supposedly entered the mix and took control of the situation for her assuring her that as long as she did exactly what he told her, he'd use his considerable influence and from his, his lumberyard dealings <laughs> and his wang to make Isn't sure that she didn't go to jail. Happy Jack with the big wang had a lumberyard? Because he was swinging a lot of wood. Here's the thing. I mean, I get that it's back in the 30s or whatever, but his considerable influence. You own a lumberyard in Phoenix. Well, because well, it ain't it ain't easy to find trees in Phoenix. That's, but that's ain't true. No, ain't no trees right. that's true. Phoenix. But he's not really going to have that much influence. It's not in like, like California. It's not like he's uh, J.P. Morgan or anything. No, no. I mean, he's, no, you know, he, got to, he, he got owns an eighty-four lumber. Apparently, he got the naughty pine. That well, was apparently, he's banging half the city. <laughs> yeah. So, well, yeah. As long, happy. as long as he's happy. With the number, with the amount of nailing Happy Jack was doing, it's appropriate he was in lumber. Uh, let's see. She also stated that he called a friend who was a doctor, probably her husband, to chop up the bodies and send her on her way to L.A. to dispose of them. Of course, why such a doctor would help in the first place and why Holleran would suggest bringing in a witness to the fact that he was helping a murderer dispose of bodies, again, was not made clear. Well, I know a doctor who would do it for a little uh, morphine. Yeah. Uh, the devil do it for half a half for a diet for a coke and 
So well, never mind, Devil. You're looking at me real scary, Dad. So <laughs> if he was really helping her, it would have been much easier and safer to take her in his car out to the desert. Yeah. Yeah, that's a plan. That seems like a better plan to me. She did this on her own. Still not an ideal scenario, but still would have been better than what she claimed. Nevertheless, when details of Judd and Holland's relationship got out, he was going to be tried as an accessory to murder. But the charges were eventually dropped as the judge concluded any attempt to prosecute him would be an idle gesture. So the charges were dropped against uh, Happy Jack. Yes. Happy Jack. This, Happy Jack despite walked. the rumor um, that Holland's car had been seen at the apartment on the night in question. Yeah, but I'm... I, Hell, he was probably over all the time banging him, so... Well, yeah, I would think so. Well, I mean, at least three nights a week. Yeah. Uh, this led many to wonder if Judd was being sacrificed to spare the well-connected Holleran, who insisted that Judge ta- Judd's tale was the story of an insane person. In 1932, Ruth was convicted of the murder of the two women. Her parents and husband, Dr. Judd, stood by, it through her, stood by her through it all. She was sentenced to death by hanging. As for Judge, she stated, I'm going to be hanged for something Jack Holleran is responsible for. Convict, I'm convicted of murder, but I shot in self-defense. Jack Holleran removed every bit of evidence. He is responsible for me going through all this. He is guilty of anything I am guilty of. Well, and she was guilty. She was. And Happy Jack, the only thing he was guilty of is... is I think she scorned. Well... And as you know, um, being the king, being the queen of the uh, underground, you know, where through the river sticks flows, mm-hmm. um, your place has no fury like a woman scorned, the devil. Right? I always say hell has no fury like a woman. Hell has no fury like a woman. You can leave off the scorn part. Well, you can because you got a hungry woman, yeah, a angry woman, a jealous woman, happy a happy woman, a happy woman, a yeah. PMS woman. For God's sake, I'd rather walk through the fires of hell. And but anyway, we're getting off subject again, ain't we? Wow. Let me see what happened to the poor girl here. Now, she crazy. She bashed you crazy. Well, she hanged. Uh, no. Well, in the end, the jury found her and her alone. Her alone. Happy Jack. Tripod, well, Mr. Tripod, he Happy walked Jack away. Used his, yeah, Happy Jack used, he used all his, of his, considerable, his considerable influence. Yeah, he, uh, probably sit, he probably was winking at the jury. Well, he's something. probably sitting there by his wife, just all taken aback, clutching yeah. the pearls. I can't believe this oh, story. I think he was sitting at the jury, winking at jurors and Well, and they flirting, decided... And they flirting did, and, and uh, swinging his wang. You think they saw his wang and I, said, no way. Yeah. In the end, the jury found her and her alone guilty and sentenced her to hang... Because they said, Mr. Happy Jack is already well hanged. Yes. So it was just her. Now, days before her scheduled execution in 1933, she was declared insane, sent to the Arizona State Insane Asylum. Now, Timmy, you know all about that one. You, have you been to the one in Arizona? Right next to Happy Jack's Lumberyard. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, I've spent some time there. So she, 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 they don't hang her. They don't hang her. They send her, send her to the crazy bin. Mm-hmm. And uh, now during her several decades there, she managed to Several decades? Seven times yeah, she was this just, woman she was escaped. There. Yeah, she and listen to this. She escaped seven times. Now, when she's not escaping... <laughs> She was a model patient. <laughs> and Except for that one little thing. And that escaping thing. She was there. Except that escaping. When she was there, people liked her. Yeah. Now, here we go. 
The last time she escaped was in 1962, and she went missing for six and a half years before being captured again. Now, during this time, she lived under the alias of Marion Lane, working as a nanny for a wealthy family. The police caught up with her in 1969, <clears throat> and she, be- she uh, began some legal proceedings to reopen the case. In December of 71, she was... The Arizona governor, Jack Williams, was like, you know what, just fuck it. I give up. I surrender. We can't keep uh, her. We can't keep her. And he gave her a pardon. He was like, just don't chop up nobody, don't you? Do you think you, if I let you, it's like you're talking to your kids. I'm going to give you a break this they time. I probably got tired of trying to track her down. <laughs> I know, David. So, well, and she's how old now? I mean, well, that's 30 well, years She lived to be like 95, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so this is in 71, so... 93. She lived to be 93. She was probably about 67 about this time. Yeah, I mean, what's the point? So she gets released. Um, She goes to California. She lives as Marion Lane. Um, She lives in Stockton with a dog, Skeeter. Well, everybody should have a dog, Skeeter. Now, she died peacefully in her sleep at the age of 93 on October 23rd, 1998. But the story does not end there. The story does not end there. Now, Happy Jacket don't get too happy for Happy now. He got fired by well, his side Eventually, partners. he's going to lose the use of his wing. Well, and just this scandal, his his silent partners fired him from the lumber business. Can you do that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he disappeared into oblivion. Dr. Judd, he died. He took his wang and went home. home. Yeah. <laughs> and Dr. Judd did what happened to the doctor? Dr. Judd, he just died. You know, he was he was a morphine addict. He was yeah. about 85 years old. He's a crackhead. He probably time. died in an alley. Yeah. Yeah. Now, her parents moved to the area so they could be with her, but her father had a stroke. Now, Mama lived a long, long time, and uh, she ended up eventually being put in the same <laughs> asylum as Ruth when she became <laughs> senile, and then Aww. Ruth was going to visit her Mama. But that's she, not the end of the story. She she's, she's, seen off her, wait a minute, she's seen off from old age, and they put her in the noonie bed. Yeah, mm-hmm. Probably back in the day. Oh, that's what they, I hate that. Yeah. Where you are you supposed your, to put them? You let them wander around the street. Yeah, they're walking the traffic. You make you late for work. What's of the herd? Well, yeah. Well, well, that's what I'm saying. Well, well ain't nobody wants But now they put you on an Alzheimer's ward. I mean, it was just, you know, yeah. about the same. Ain't nobody want to run over an old lady on your way to work. Yeah. Okay. Thinning of the herd. They wander through the... So, but you would think that story ends at it on in day. No. There's... Dear listeners, there's more to this, and I'm... And the colonel about to enlighten you. Thank you. Thank colonel. God. After nearly a, a century of rampant speculation, a bunch of books and articles was written about this case, it would seem that the, perhaps the truth would just never come out. Was Happy Jack involved? Was he not involved? Did he do it? Did he not do it? How big was his wing? How big was, well, yeah, yeah. How big was his wing? His wing. He sat in, in 19, or I'm sorry, in 2002, a 19-page confession letter written in Judd's own hand from all the way back in April of 1933 was donated and added to the Arizona State Archives. So they had they had a confession from her. They did, and, and, and I'll tell you how they got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they beat her with a rubber hose. No, they uh, did They not. took her back. They water water wang. She Back in 1933. Yeah, evidently, all you got to do is promise her booze, and you can get away with anything. <laughs> they still had. Now, you got to remember, Dick Cheney was alive in 1933. He was a prosecutor in this case. No, no, no. He was the prosecutor. <laughs> let's let's get, and get to the, the real letter. He took the woman back and waterboarded her <laughs> until she wrote the letter. No. No, no, no. Okay, none of that. But she did, she did write a letter. She right? did write a letter, and it's a written confession. And uh, You want to read it to us? 
please. Yeah, and, and her, she described it great. She described this to a lawyer, uh, the planning and execution. She had originally in, only intended to kill Annie. She, there and, was intent? Yeah. Yeah, she yeah. intended to do yeah. this ahead of time. Now, according to her confession... Well, Annie was being a bitch, though. She did it all by her lonesome every step of the way. And she opens the letter stating, I am writing the absent... Maybe I'll do it in her voice. I'm writing it the absolute... No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm writing the absolute truth in this case. In full confidence that you will use it as you see fit in your best judgment. Now, the letter continues. Annie was used to the world. I truly was not. Jack was the only man I had gone with since my marriage. I was ashamed of the things I had done. I was a dirty, dirty, skanky little woman. <laughs> she, she did not skanky. say that. Okay, she didn't say that. Okay, I could not mm. openly compete with her. I was married. Well, how could you I was compete with a lesbian? She was, she was, she was chewing a carpet. I was not willing to do that. <laughs> she didn't say that. But yeah. Go ahead. Um, day after day, she lorded over me, always smiling, fresh and sweet, and with a tune of breath, well knowing that she was hurting me with her taunts. Many evenings, Annie would kiss Jack and caress him in my presence. Mm. Then after he was yeah, gone... Yeah, see, Annie was a bitch. That's why Jack was happy. After Happy Jack was gone, she would gloat over not caring a thing for him, but merely working him for money. These taunts kept me awake. I could not sleep. I cried. I even prayed. I wrote my parents to please come to me. I was losing my mind. Wild ideas was keeping me awake. I took sleeping sedatives, luminol. I wrote doctors my nose were breaking. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I loved Danny still, but those taunts, those taunts, those taunts. I would take more medication to quiet my nerves. I cried to get things off my mind, tried to get to sleep. Now, Friday night, I expected Jack, but he did not come. I went to bed. Again, I could not sleep. I got over, went to Annie's house, my brain just a whirling. I was so excited, I was panting for breath. Never did I have the slightest dream of hurting Sammy. Simply never entered my mind, except to get Annie to stop those taunts so I could sleep. Nothing more did I think of. I took the gun and a knife. How I would do it, I was not sure. But I had no intention of harming Sammy. Jack was as intimate with Sammy as Annie, but Annie's cruel taunts that haunted me I hid in the house next door. Annie and Sammy returned to the bedroom. They started fornicating in an unnatural way that women do. Okay, I made that up. That would have been a good part to put in there. Yeah, you keep my interest there for a minute. Yeah, after they retired... Stress the shit's out of control. After they retired, I went to the back door, laid the knife and my shoes outside the door. That's good thinking right there. Take your shoes off. Then crept in the unlocked door. I sat down on the couch in the same dark room and soon fell to sleep, clutching the gun. I awakened. Sammy had gone to the bathroom. That insane desire, that power to lead me on, I started for Annie. My stomach was turning inside out, really twitching, jumping out of me. Outside, not a tremor, but my stomach jumping like convulsions. I retreated, curled up, and went to sleep again. I went back to sleep once more. She has a flair for the dramatic. Really? Oh, again and again, all night. I do not know how many times. Semi kept going to the bathroom because she had the VD. (laughs) 
I, every time she go to the bathroom and woke me up with her screaming. It does not say that. Go back to the room. I started for that bedroom and retreated each time so exhausted I immediately went back to sleep. But in the morning, I heard the milkman. Sammy went to the bathroom again. I started to call to her. Tell her I was there. I really did. Then I began shaking inside and remember what I had come to do so this time. No wonder this thing's 16 pages I crept long. past the bathroom door. I shot Annie. It was a low shot. Sammy called. What fell, Annie? I was hurrying past the door. Sammy came out determined to know what was the matter. I was limp. She completely took the gun from my hands. I was non-resistant. I said, Sammy, I am crazy. I have lost my damn mind. Give me that gun and I will blow my brains out right here. She held the gun and said, you get out of here right this minute. Get on out here. Then I picked up the knife and went back to her with the knife. As I grabbed for the gun, I stabbed her in the shoulder. The fight with Sammy in that breakfast room door. Her own finger on the trigger when the shot went through her chest. Our fight is all about as I have always related. She shot me through the hand as I grabbed for the gun. The gun jammed. We fell to the floor, struggled. I finally got the gun and shot in my wild state. I really do not remember where in the head. I pulled Sammy into the bathroom. I cleaned up the floor. I pulled in the trunk from the garage. It was now 6.30 or 7 a.m. I tugged and pulled and finally got Annie into from the bed to the trunk. Now, it doesn't sound possible, but this took about two hours. I left for the office. I pulled the trunk with Annie's body into the living room, but the trunk was unlocked. Sammy was on the bathroom floor all day Saturday. This is all that happened that morning. I stayed That's in just my that office. Morning? I stayed in my office. Now, this she went to work. This you got to confess it now. Dedicated. This serious stuff. Is, I stayed in my office until thing. four. I think I called. Why can't it? she just say, I did it? Because you think she she'd take a sick day or something. <laughs> yeah. I, I think this is a sick day, if you ask me. But I then took the bag home with me with a gun, knife, pajamas, and dress. I remembered I needed to feed my cat, so I went back to the second street house around six, fed the cat. Jesus Christ, get Really to the had point, nothing lady. definite on my mind, no plans made. I pulled the trunk back into the hall and tried to lift Sammy's body into it, but that was impossible. Sammy had the ice cream ass, and I couldn't get her up into the trunk. <laughs> Sammy, Sammy was portly like the colonel. Yeah. So, right. I then got two cheap knives from the kitchen and just severed her body into portions I could lift. I was Smart. hours doing this, and then inch by inch pulling that trunk back into the living room. The baggage men... After taking the trunk to the truck, informed me that it was too heavy to ship his baggage. I then told them to take the trunk to Grill Street, which they did. I also left the mattress from Annie's bed rolled up right there in front of these baggage men at 2nd Street, blood soaked in the living room. Now, Sunday at noon, I started to get ready to go to Los Angeles again. I transferred portions of Sammy's body to the smaller trunk and suitcase. Now, that's the end of that letter. Now, unsurprisingly... Her lawyer wasn't too interested in revealing the existence of this letter, let alone its contents, to the court. So what he did, after reading the confession, he put it in a safety deposit box, where it sat until being donated to the Arizona State Archives just about a decade ago. So, case closed. Well, 
It's been speculated that the confession may have been a carefully made up version of what really happened. The hypothesis here is that in writing the letter and frequently citing how insane she was and then subsequently trying to kill herself after writing it, she was just trying to avoid the noose. See, at that time, you couldn't use insanity as a defense unless you actually confessed to the crime in question. Now, of course, trying to kill yourself to avoid being sentenced to death is a peculiar strategy to take. But that's one she took. So she, you, the speculation is that, that that confession was written in a way that would she could claim a. a well, that's speculation. Standard. That's yeah. speculation. But she wasn't so successful. So if that was her plan, um, now it would have got it her worked home. out. I think now but she would have hanged. Her final lawyer, Larry Debus, um, whom on, she Larry. employed up until 1969, he said after reading the letter, it's the first. St- First version of the story I've ever read that really matches up with the things she told me privately. So Annie apparently was a little plump, uh, couldn't get anything, but apparently she did it. She chopped them up with two cheap knives. And anybody, if you ever tried to dismember something, I don't know how you do it with cheap knives. Yeah, because you got the gristle and the bone. Well, and yeah, right. Else. You need you need you need a you need Ginsu knives. Well, you need, Ginsu. You need yeah. those kind of knives that you can. Slice tomatoes. Yeah. Cut them off the cans. She needs a uh, slice-o-matic. Well, chainsaw help. Ginsu knives. Makes a lot of noise, but this time, you know, she don't care about the noise. Well. This was, you know what, this this was, listeners, a a tale of of just deviant sex, drugs, treachery, fornication. There was a lot of fornication and wang. And wang. And, you know, listeners... That never ends well for anybody. No, just no. stick to the stick to the, stick to one of the vices. Don't mix them all up. If you're just going to the fornication, it, right? It, stick to one wine. I think that's the wine, lesson here. Yeah. That is the lesson. Stick to one. one wine. Wine. If you're doing the fornication, okay. If you're doing the drugs, okay. If you're doing the lesbianism, okay. But when you mix that all yeah. up, it's yeah, like it's really like missing it. ammonia and what's that stuff that makes ammonia blow up? Yeah, bleach. Yeah, bleach. Yeah, you ammonia. Gotta be, you got to you got to be careful because. It nothing good will come from it. No, and then you got to be end up, you end up, with two, you end up two angry lesbians. You're trying to drag around. Up <laughs> the trunk with two two dead lesbians. Yeah, and that's that's what it's. A, well, do you have anything to declare when she got the custom? She's like, oh, I got two dead angry lesbians in the yeah. back. But it's not it's not a deer. It's not a deer. Yeah, I ain't got to do. I got to pay extra for the angry lesbians. So that's so that's, Brandy. What yes. do you think? What's your final thoughts on Ruth Winnie Ruth Judge? There's no Wang worth all this. That's my <laughs> final thought. No Wang. So you would not kill a pair of lesbians over Wang. I would not. I would not. Will kill. you go on the record stating it? You it's will. on the. I just did. Record. Record it. Write it down. I will not kill lesbians over Wang. Uh, Colonel, and, and this is where the Colonel, you know, I, I'm a responsible man to me. I know I'm a responsible you're, you man. You have a reputation of being very responsible, and you, except for and showing you, up. And you and your day have been known as quite the Lothario. I don't know um, what that means, but thank you. Um, <laughs> anyway, we have to understand our powers yeah. and control them accordingly. We have a way with women. 
Because, the, yes, we do. And the magic wang will make women go crazy. You've you got to be careful you with gotta the wang. you got to be responsible with the wang. <laughs> you can't just go flopping the wang out. Willy-nilly. Willy-nilly wang flopping. And that's what you know. That's when you get in trouble, when you're irresponsible with the wang. And, and you know, the Colonel— You have a wang. God gave you a wang. You, you have a responsibility to use it wisely. Well, and, and, and this is a true story, Timmy. Back in the day, um, what happened was, a um, like in the Catholic Church, a lot of men that realized that they was not interested in women. They was interested in Wang? No, they just didn't want to stick out. They would become priests to okay. try to protect themselves, their family, their good name, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, that was a way for them to kind of hide, control their impulses, whatever, because they thought it was unnatural. Um, and what the colonel did... The colonel got married at a very young age, Timmy. Mm-hmm. I got married at very, very young. Are we going through this again? And, uh, and really, a big part of that reason— and when is your anniversary, colonel? August something, but— uh, There you go. The reason for the colonel getting married so young mm-hmm. was to keep the wang under control. Yeah. It was to keep the wang out of the general population. I got you. And you want to isolate the wang? Isolate the wang, keep the wang in control— yeah. Um, the Wang pretty much, you know, the missus. Because the Wang, the Wang has a mind of its own. It does. It does. And if you don't control it, so what I did was marry the missus, mm-hmm. and uh, she has full and complete control of it now. Um, <laughs> and I do not. She lets you use it sometimes. What's the return <laughs> policy on I have that? To worry, I do not have to worry about the damage it could potentially do to right. society. Right. You're very. Be chaos. You're a very responsible Wang owner. But it would be chaos if if the world was getting you know, if that Wang was just set loose on well, the world. Well, right, me. right. So you got the lesson here is be responsible with the Wang, or you end up with two dead lesbians. Lesbians in the trunk, in the trunk. And, and and I don't like dead lesbians because you know. Well, I you know it's not even just the lesbians. I wouldn't want any any dead bodies in the trunk. And and as as for our new listeners who haven't done, I don't want to I don't want to offend any lesbians. My dear, my dear, just the sweetest girl you ever meet in the whole world. My dear daughter Sarah, she she a lesbian, um, mm-hmm. and and very sweet girl, very sweet girl, and I, I she my daughter. I love How do you her. know? Like the, well, Tell I'm me about Sarah. Sarah. And, uh, when? She's very sweet. She's a very sweet girl. You know, you mind your own business. I keep my daughter away from you. I don't want the devil influence on her. Well, I'm not a lesbian. I've seen I her posting on marry her. Facebook. I know she's a very lovely girl. And if she's a daughter of the colonel, then she's a friend of mine. No, exactly. So feet. so I hope you... I thought you I hope I didn't offend that. any of the lesbians, although... Well, they get they get uncomfortable with all the wang talk. <laughs> they do. They don't like to hear. I'm kind of getting uncomfortable <laughs> with all the Wang talk. But uh, Wang Chung. Wang Chung. <laughs> Everybody Wang Chung. Tonight. Well, that's what they was doing. It was like, oh, what were you gonna do tonight, Winnie? Oh, we go Wang Chung tonight. Okay, Colonel. Any final thoughts, please? Um, no, I have no real final thoughts, Timmy. I'm, it, it ain't. I ain't. I His mind know, is blank. My mind's okay. blank. Let's wrap this up. Then, where can people find us? People can find us um, apparently on the Thinking Sideways page. Yes, thank you again to our friends at Thinking Sideways. And I will be looking them up, but yeah. you can go. If it's you a go great to iTunes, look at go to iTunes, go to History Dweeb, um, do a search for us. You'll find it. Um, please, please give us your feedback and your rate us. Um, yeah, if you send us a message on uh, Facebook, we or if you leave a comment for us, which we would really appreciate. On iTunes, because we're having a hard time getting folks to leave comments. And that's how people find us. So if you could be so kind, we will give you a shout-out on the next podcast. And an 8x10 color autograph picture of the colonel. And you know what? What? 
they could probably use this particular podcast as a drinking game. So every time we say the word wang, oh, that's a good idea. That's somebody a good takes idea. a shot. Yes. And leave us a comment. Yes, leave yeah. us a comment. You so can find us on Facebook, Facebook, find us iTunes, iTunes, Stitcher, Stitcher, uh, the, uh, the Netflix. Netflix, we will be hosting the next Republican debate. Nope. Um, not it's limited to two hours. And, well, we're doing the two kid, hours. We're doing the yeah. kitty debate. Are we doing, okay, we're doing we're, the kid table debate. Yeah. Well, actually, it's just, uh, it's just Governor Christie debating himself. <laughs> yeah, I think he's no. Jim Dahl's still there. We're okay. going to do him. Okay. And but our rules are going to be that you can. Uh, did if a man says something bad about they you, can fight. You got to slap him in the face. Yeah, you can yeah. fight. And all of our questions is going to be related to the Wang. Wang. Mm-hmm. And all those drinks. It's a Wang debate. And we're going to arm both both of the debaters. Yeah, it's a good idea. With Wang? <laughs> no, with with uh, whatever Annie had. A loaded 20. Nunchucks. Nunchucks, yeah. Nunchucks. That would be cool. All right. Uh, thank you all for joining us. We'll see you all again next time on History Dweebs. Yeah, Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.